but look, we've got exactly three weeks. I mean, this thing is going to happen real fast. And um, I, I can't believe that election night was a whole week ago. And we only have three weeks left. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Policy Matters. I am Eric Allen. And I'm Nicole Horn. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you guys for giving us another listen. Hope you enjoyed the first episode. But tonight, we're going to talk about everything runoffs. We have some really, really big things going on uh, with this election, Nicole. Yeah, absolutely. So as a reminder, I know everybody knows we're in a runoff. If you don't remember, and, and Eric and I were just refreshing on ourselves on the exact numbers. Uh, we're in this place because Senator, uh, Senator Warnock got 49.4% of the vote and Herschel Walker got 48.5% of the vote. And Georgia is one of the few states that require you to hit that 50% plus one threshold or else we go to a runoff. And uh, Eric, you were talking about, you're a little concerned about this runoff. So tell me why. Yeah, I am. Um, you know, it's, um, it's, it's one of those things where turnout was already fairly low in the, the, the general election. And I think that uh, we're going to have to do a lot to turn people out to vote. And one of the things that's really been on the radar uh, the last couple of days is this uh, kerfuffle with the, the legislation uh, that uh, allows for weekend voting. And I know that uh, if you're following the news, there was a lawsuit filed today by the Warnock campaign, along with some other allies, to try to clarify whether or not Saturday voting um, could, could be done. And, you know, in, in prepping for today, I was having a conversation with the minority uh, whip uh, in the House, uh, Representative David Wilkerson, and recorded some of our conversation. Just want to play a little of that for the people so you can kind of get an idea of how we ended up where we are um, with this confusion around Saturday, Saturday voting. All right, so we're here with State Representative David Wilkerson, who is the whip of the House Minority Caucus, and just wanted to to bring you in, David, and kind of just get your understanding of where we are with the Saturday voting for the runoff. I know that there's been some talk back and forth on interpretation of whether or not um, it's because of the Thanksgiving holiday, whether or not it's because of Robert E. Lee day on Friday. Was the word uh, runoff struck it out? What, you know, all this stuff going on. What's your interpretation of, of where we are right now? So great question. So I first became aware of this probably last week when we were talking about Saturday voting and, and reached out to some lawyers and asked, um, based on reading of the, the code, is a Saturday allowed after a holiday? And so, you know, you, you ask 10 lawyers something and some may say one thing, some say the other. But what ended up happening was the Secretary of State's office came out with a ruling and saying that Saturday voting is not allowed. So while they initially said Saturday voting was allowed and people could get started, once they looked at it, they said that their interpretation, I believe, along with the attorney general, was that um, Saturday voting after a holiday was not allowed. Now, there's lawyers on the other side that say that only applies to a general and a primary. It does not apply to a runoff. So I think that's where we are right now is, is um, court action has been taken, litigation has been filed. 
saying that um, that the Secretary of State is reading it wrong. So I, I'm, I'm assuming some judge will rule or the Secretary of State could change the position. But right now, it's really just lawyers see things differently. I mean, it's it's right. um, I think I know I do. And I know a lot of other people want that Saturday voting, want as much possible voting that we can have out there. The question is, what does the law say? And that's where, you know, I get they have to get clarification. Yeah. And just for clarification on on, you know, kind of how we got here. This is the first time that we're having a, a runoff post SB 202 um, where, yes. you know, we, we, we haven't been challenged this before, but going forward, every four week runoff for November general is going to fall in the same category. We got, you're bumping up against Thanksgiving in order to do early voting. So some people have said, you know, is it, was it an oversight? Was it, you know, something that one side knew about the other side didn't what I mean, what's your take on that? Is this just, is this just bad legislation? Cause that happens at the Capitol all the time. It is bad legislation. I mean, 202 is a bad bill. There's no denying that whether this part is on purpose or by, you know, some, you know, accident, it's hard to say because at the end of the day, you can still vote on Sunday. So right. Sunday is still an option. So if they were up to, you know, nefarious, you know, bad intentions, they probably would have knocked out Sunday as well. So I think it's just one of those, you know, situations where the people on the other side of the aisle decided they wanted to cram a almost hundred page bill down our throat and, and didn't fix certain things. Um, because with the runoff being four weeks, it is a tight time frame, especially with the election being so late. So the election wasn't until the eighth, which then pushes us in December. But um, back in the early 2010s, we actually had four week runoffs. So that yeah. was, you know, that was, you know, how it used to be back in the olden days. But um, yeah, I was going to ask you about that because I think a lot of people think the four week runoff is new, but we actually had four week runoffs. And then the federal courts got involved because the four weeks wasn't long enough for overseas ballots to be shipped and, and sent back. So it went to nine weeks. So this is a, a, a not a new process in Georgia. I think the only difference, would you say, is that now there's been language drawn in that prohibits that Saturday voting because of the holidays. Exactly. And the question is, you know, should we be one of the only states that has a runoff for these federal elections or should we look at 45 percent? I mean, so I think that's part of the conversation as well is if you you you've had everybody come out, does it make sense to come back to a low turnout election and and pick your U.S. senator? So I think um, we may need to look at what other states are doing. But you're right. Four weeks is what it used to be. I think four weeks um, is a burden on everybody as far as if you have people traveling over the holidays, but uh, it's just important that people get out and vote on one of those available days that we know we have, which is Sunday through Friday in a lot of communities. Yeah. So I'm seeing now, um, you know, as of midday, this is uh Tuesday, there's a, uh, I know Fulton and I think one or two other counties have already set their schedule, assuming there's going to be Sunday the 27th through December 2nd. Um, so you basically have six full days of early voting. Um, because Sunday's not in question. It's only Saturday. Correct. It's in question. I think, I think Sunday is going to be fine. L- last question. Cause I know you, you'll be back at the Capitol. I won't, but do you think this is something that's going to come up and need to be fixed? Or do you think it's just going to stay as is? And we just have to litigate it to see if Saturday is pertinent. It definitely needs to be fixed. I mean, at the end of the day, I think it's confusing. I did see one, uh, professor, university professor say that it's confusing. You can see it either way. So in that case, the tie should go to the voter, meaning uh, they should be allowed to vote on Saturday. But either way, I think for good policy, you've you got to go back in and fix this to clarify it. OK, well, thank you for that. Anything else listeners should know about this or just 
get out and vote. I mean, no matter get, get what. Get out and vote. Now, I do know a couple of the a couple of the counties have uh, done separate resolutions. So they approved the Sunday through Friday voting, but then they came back and approved another resolution saying we will allow Saturday voting if the courts come out and say we can or the secretary of state says we can. So they they've added that caveat in there so they can be prepared and and they're preparing their team to wait further action based on uh, what they hear back from the courts. Yeah, well, thank you very much. And um, we're going to talk a little bit later on uh, on the on the other part of the podcast about the, the origin of the runoff. You hit on it a little <laughs> bit, but people need to know that we're, we're one of the only states that doesn't have a plural, uh, plurality uh, when it comes to those federal elections. That's why you can see other states selecting senators with 48, 49 percent. Yep. And we're stuck with 50 percent plus one. But we'll talk about the history of that later. Well, thank you very exactly. much, Whip Wilkerson. Um, thank you. Uh, we'll probably have you on after all this settles to see what's going on for next session. But thank you very much. We'd love to be back on. Thanks. All right, man. All right. Well, I want to thank uh, Whip Wilkerson for joining us and giving us that insight. You know, Nicole, that really is the reason why I'm a little concerned uh, right now, because we have um, very big ambiguity around uh, whether or not we can vote on Saturday. And before we went to that clip, we were talking about uh, just the general, the, the runoffs in general. Yeah. And Georgia is one of the few states that has this 50% plus one in a runoff. And, you know, people look at that and, and say, well, why do we do that? Well, the reality is that's an old 60s, uh, you know, really Jim Crow law to yeah, allow for people to consolidate after the the general election for minority candidates to to basically lose. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we're we're stuck with it, at least for now. And and I think your fear is that Democrats will say, well, we've got the majority. We're just going to stay home or feel the way I mean, candidly, the way I feel. And I God, I want everybody to go vote. I'm still going to be advocating for people to vote. But I I am optimistic that Republicans will stay home because Walker is such an awful candidate. Yeah. You, where before they were like, I'm voting to get the Senate. Now they don't have that justification. So I I think that's is going to happen. But I think your concern is we need to make sure that definitely more Dem we just need more Democrats to get out than Republicans. We, we, we do. And, and I think everybody, everybody's going to, yeah, everybody's votes going to be suppressed a little bit. I mean, you think about it, this is Tuesday and we know tonight, uh, Donald Trump's going to announce his reelection for, uh, for president. That's going to depress the vote. Um, yeah. you know, to what you were saying earlier, Herschel Walker, to win the majority made sense to a lot of people. We, you know, Republicans were willing to put their, their principles and their, their politics aside just for power. But a Herschel Walker in the minority serves you no purpose. I, I just don't see Republicans turning back out the way that they, um, would have if this were really for the, um, the control of the Senate. And the last thing I'll say on, on the, the turnout is, you know, a lot of people looked at SB 202 and wanted to know why, you know, it was called a suppressive bill. I think we're really going to see one of the major mechanisms of voter suppression in, in this bill with a runoff. Um, yeah. we, yeah. we are bumped up against a holiday weekend where that is the only opportunity for, uh, for voting. So everybody listening, I mean, just understand you can apply today for your absentee ballot. If you're going to be leaving town for Thanksgiving, 
But the only weekend where voting will be available is the 27th, which is a Sunday. And a lot of counties are implementing Sunday voting right now. So you'll have the Sunday, the 27th through December 2nd. Um, and the only weekend that you're in a county that has Sunday a- absolutely. And if you're not in a county that does, that doesn't have that weekend voting, you need to apply for your absentee ballot today. Um, so that you have that in hand in case something comes up and you're not able to make it during the early vote, you know, vote period. And, and the concern is, as we talk about kind of voter suppression, the reason why the weekend voting is so important. And y'all, I may be telling you things that you're like, Nicole, I know this. But I think a lot of us take for granted that um, not everyone has the flexibility to go and vote over lunchtime during yeah. the week or um, or has accessible transportation during the week that you that you might have more opportunities on the weekend and more time on your hands on the weekend and um, and I think that's particularly true for some of our hourly workers so we need this weekend voting both yeah. Saturday and Sunday um, and and I'm glad to see us pushing for this. I saw an email go out for I live in DeKalb County. Eric, you're in Cobb County. I saw an email go out mm-hmm. where uh, local Democrats were ready to push for Sunday voting because um, that's not a sure thing yet in DeKalb County. So, well, it will be soon. Uh, I know a lot of the commission. So the um, it's five o'clock on Tuesday and Cobb County Board of Elections just approved Sunday voting for the 27th and Fulton has already approved it and certified. So, you know, by the time you listen to this, your County, if you live in the Metro, it's, it's highly likely um, that you're going to have access to, to Sunday voting. Uh, But if you're in a more rural area, um, it's probably not going to be an option. And without Saturday, that means your only opportunity to early vote would be the 28th, um, November 28th through December 2nd, which is kind of just a five day window uh, for early voting. So, you know, just to put a pin in it, this is very, very important that we turn out, that we support Reverend uh, Warnock, that we get him back into the Senate. But we got to make sure we know the rules and what's going on. And, um, you know, go out, make your plan to vote, make your plan to show up on Sunday or Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Get your absentee ballot, turn it in, whatever you need to do to make sure that you vote, vote. But outside of voting, Nicole, there are a ton of ways to get involved uh, with well, the different campaigns. Before we dive into that, because I do want to dive into that, and y'all, we're also going to post all the ways to get involved in in our comments. But Eric, let's talk about why getting uh, Senator Reverend Warnock back to D.C. is important, because it's more than just, we've got the 50%. We've got it. Um, So some people might be like, well, then why should I care? Um, And... And you and I have talked about this. Eric, why should people care that we get one more Democrat into the Senate? Talk about that. That is a great question. Um, And this is Policy Matters. We're going to dig into the policy and talk about some wonky stuff. But, um, you know, in the current Senate, when it's 50-50, there has to be power sharing agreements between the minority and the majority leader. Um, The only thing that we have is a tie-breaking vote with the vice president. So all of the committees are all even. They are all 50-50 in, in these committees. There's no majority clearly uh, in, in, the, in, the, in the Senate when it comes to committees and moving things out of committee. So the first reason why it's very important to send Reverend Warnock, uh, Senator Warnock back is that it gives us a clear majority, which means all committees 
will now have a clear Democratic majority and we won't have to have any type of power sharing agreements with Mitch McConnell on what's going on. And I can tell you the the other reason that's very important is the president needs to continue to fill judiciary seats and having that 51, that cushion of just one seat makes a world of difference in getting those things done. It also strips the the power away from any one senator like a Joe Manchin to, uh, you know, slow down the agenda uh, and not get anything done. So thank you for saying that, Nicole, because it's very, very important. You know, it, it's one thing to have 50 50. It is a completely different ball game to give our Senate, especially when we know that, you know, the House for all intent and purposes is probably going to be lost um, to have a Senate that can do the work of the Senate and get these judicial appointments through and, and really take away uh, the need to negotiate before you even negotiating by doing the power share agreement. So very, very important that we get that 51st senator. Yeah. And, and, and the judicial nominees, it's worth talking about that again, because y'all remember that Trump had, uh, had time to pack the court and he did. Mm-hmm. Trump has not only packed the Supreme Court, but you, we can see his appointments all the way down. And he's going to leave a legacy, a pretty negative, scary legacy. I mean, we saw a little bit of that when, uh, with the Mar-a-Lago documents, the, the FBI trying to get those documents back and that one crazy, uh, judge giving Trump all the wiggle room in the world. And people were like, what is she doing? Uh, so, Mm-hmm. Even if we can't get the legislation that we want, and I have, and I would not give up on that. The um, even if when honestly they were just one away when we're recording this right now, Republicans have control of the House. It's not going to be by much, so we can we still have the opportunity to legislate. Um, but regardless of legislation being passed, we need to make sure the judiciary has some great, progressive, thoughtful um, judges on the bench. So let's get them in there. There are tons of ways um, that we can get involved and make sure that that you do your part to get Warnock, uh, Senator Warnock reelected. So, Nicole, uh, run down some of the ways that people can get involved to make sure we get him reelected. Okay, so my my mantra is give your time, your talent, and or your treasure. One or more of those things. So um, in terms of your treasure, if you want to make donations, you can donate directly to the Warnock campaign. But you can also donate. Let's say you've maxed out your donation to the Warnock campaign, which I would God bless. God bless. Um, but there are several organizations that are working side by side with the Warnock campaign. So you can give your time and talent to working families of Georgia. They are doing text banking right now. Um, and text banking, y'all, you can sit down and literally text 4,000 people in 45 minutes. It's a really fantastic um, uh, medium that we're using. And it's easy. Fair Fight is both phone banking and texting for the Warnock campaign. The New Georgia, uh, the New Georgia is doing canvassing. So you can canvass with the New Georgia project and, uh, Georgia Stand Up 
is also canvassing. So if you want, you can also donate money to any one of those organizations, or you can also donate money to Black Voters Matter. They are taking money to help support a ground, gam ground game as well. So some fantastic organizations that are working right now. Well, good deal. And um, if you um, will put some links also to some other uh, opportunities directly with the campaign to either canvas or to, to go out. But just remember, we got to turn out, grab a friend, uh, grab somebody you don't like. They don't have to be a friend, grab a coworker, whatever you have to do, um, uh, to get out and vote and, and keep following us on, on Facebook, on Twitter. Um, if, if we get information about this litigation that opens up Saturday voting, what a lot of counties are doing, and I know Fulton and Cobb have done this. Um, if, as they've passed their resolutions to get the early voting for Sunday through Friday, the 27th through the 20th uh, through December 2nd, they've also passed resolutions that would permit Saturday voting if the judge comes back and says that's permissible. So as long as that ruling is favorable, what a lot of counties have done is put that trigger in place to go ahead and, and, and do it. So we got to make sure that we get as many people the, the opportunity to vote, have the access to vote. Uh, so as we said, as I said earlier, make a plan, talk through it with your family, talk through it with your boss, make sure you're checking your schedule for the week of the, the 27th uh, so that you can have that time to make sure that you can go vote. We are so close people. Uh, Nicole read the numbers earlier and you know, this election night, we were less than six tenths of a percent from clinching this outright. And so we just got to show up and, 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 that's not even including, I mean, when you look at some of the turnout, and I was looking at it earlier, but um, just in Cobb County alone, um, we had really, really low turnout in some areas where we typically do a lot better. I mean, I think it was one precinct. We were down um, 25% um, from our, our norm. No, it was, and these were Democratic precincts um, that, that had, did not have the turnout that we need. Um, and so we've got to get energized. Remember, we, we joked in 2021, and you remember all this, Nicole, where you know, Georgia is going to save democracy. Well, we got to do it again. Uh, it sucks, but yeah. we've got to do it again, and we've got to show up. We've got to be there. We've got to be ready to, uh, to get things done. So we just wanted to come to you tonight really quick to explain what's going on with the runoff, what's going on with the litigation, um, to encourage you to – I love what you said, Nicole, your time, your treasure, your talents – um, whatever you need to do. And I know a lot of people, you know, like to, um, write postcards and other stuff. Nicole, we talked about it. And you're like, yeah, probably not the best way to spend, you know, oh, use yeah. your, your time. Y'all it's, it's not, I would rather you text bank. Um, it, and <laughs> if you're like, I just don't want to get on the phone. I don't want to see people text bank The And the reason why I'm saying that is, um, postcards are new. Um, and there has been a little bit of research done on them and they don't make uh, three, three campaigns were followed. And in one campaign, there wasn't a, a statistical significant difference. It was a little bit positive, but it wasn't a significantly statistical difference to be like, oh, this worked. In another campaign they followed, voter, voter turnout was actually down. So, and the third was a wash. So, your time is precious. 
if instead of postcard writing right now, until we know more, texting is something that we know works, that there's more research on. So I may not be popular with some yep, of our plus time. for saying that. Yeah, What's well, that? plus time. We just don't have time, right? We just don't have time. Right now, it's time. Time's running out. Um, everybody's yeah. got family coming in town. You're going to be leaving town next week. So we let's do what matters. Let's do what we can to turn out the vote. And Nicole and I will see you next week where we'll get into some of the leadership uh, issues that are going. We'll, we'll at that point know the House and Senate leadership for both parties. We know that uh, John Burns will likely be the Speaker of the House now that Ralston's retired. It was, I saw an uh, HAC article. That's that's the case. He's been voted. Yeah. Yep. They they voted. So he is the nominee and will likely have the votes on the floor to be Speaker. And um, we'll be oh, doing okay. our Democratic <laughs> House uh, elections next Tuesday. So all is say, thank you for listening. Go out and vote. And we will see you guys on the next episode of Policy Matters. Bye, everyone. Bye now.